0: Features, thought leadership interviews with community financial institution executives on relevant banking topics. If you are that CEO or would like to be an executive one day, this is the podcast for you. Learn something new in each episode to improve the performance at your financial institution. And now, here's our host, Charlie Kelly.
1: Hi, and welcome to Bank Talk. I'm Charlie Kelly, your host and partner at Remedy Consulting. And today we're going to do a podcast on just a little bit more about board of directors. We've done a couple in the past related to board of directors, but I always think that there's this interesting dynamic between the CEO and the board directors and just, you know, who manages whom. Today, we've got Cal Roberson from Integris and Cal... I've seen some things posted from Cal on, you know, whether you need a technology presence on your board. And so I just thought, hey, this might be worth a few minutes on the podcast talking through just his position on it and some things that I've heard recently out of CEOs who are trying to figure out what direction to take with their boards. So I thought it might make for an interesting conversation and we'll see where it takes us. Let's get to bank talk. Okay. Welcome back to Bank Talk. Today, I have with me uh, Cal Roberson. Cal is the uh, Director of Strategic Partnerships at Integris. Cal, uh, thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Carl. So, Cal, some of the Caltech guys have done a bit of work on our podcast. I think our, some of our audience may know him. I have a hard time putting Integris in the conversation <laughs> You got bought by Integris not long ago. Do you want to give us just a, a couple of minutes on that before we get rolling?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our owners have been part of a, a group, a peer group and uh, where, you know, companies like Caltech where MSPs had, had been able to, you know, compare operations and maturity of the organizations. And, and they had been partnered with this in group this group, Integris, for uh, you know, a couple of years and they kind of gotten to know each other and you know had very similar businesses and very similar styles with very similar values. And, you know, uh, Integris is a a larger company and focused on a a national brand. Um, And Brent and Will and really the whole Caltech strategy has been, you know, we wanted to get to a national banking organization. And so um, it was a little bit more of a natural fit of being able to essentially merge with Integris and keep Caltech as a financial institution specific division. Of Integris and, and take it national on a, a more aggressive timeline than what we were able to achieve independently. So we, we're working together to really focus, you know, the the legacy Caltech team into a, a specific uh, subdivision or division of Integris that's going to be focused on the financial institutions across, you know, the entire nation and and growing that as quickly as we can and and trying to bring great services to everybody, just really kind of the best in class high quality services throughout the entire, you know, banking division across the nation.
1: Yeah. And I I wanted to allow you to share that because I think in the banking space, you know, I think none of us is unfamiliar with mergers and acquisitions. So it's good to hear that the, uh, the cultural stay around the, the way it was with the Caltech team, because I think they've got a, you know, they always had a good reputation. Appreciate you joining me. And, um, the reason that I wanted to spend a couple minutes on this. Every once in a while, I like to have a discussion on bank talk around board, yeah, you know, just board makeup and you know, how the board and the CEO get together and how decisions are made. You know, is it the chicken or the egg that gets things done at the bank? And I'd seen some things that you've been writing recently on, you know, the importance of a technology presence on the board on the board of directors. Yeah, I just thought this might make for an interesting discussion. I told you about a recent CEO discussion I had attended. And, you know, it seemed like uh, community banks struggle sometimes with the CEOs struggle with board makeup. Who's on the board? How long should they be there? What happens if they stay there too long? That type of thing. But your point on technology, you know, some technology knowledge on the board was just interesting to me. So just uh, make the case for why you think boards should have a, a technology person on the board of directors
2: that's a good question charlie there's there's really a whole bunch of reasons that the probably i think the most compelling reason is just the overall success of a community bank more and more as we move forward is going to be based on their ability to adopt and integrate good technologies that their customers are interested in so you know think about The small community bank, you know, they're trying to hold on to all of their customers they can. And as kids leave and and go to college, or, um, you know, leave the community and go into you know more rural or more urban areas, you know, they're they're more likely to lose some customers that way. There's tons of opportunity for those customers to leave and go to big banks based off of you know the technology that's available, or even outside of banking altogether and come into some of these fintechs. You know, in order for banks to really compete. They need to be looking at the technologies that are going to keep their customers in the bank and using the bank services long term. And, and if that's not really driven by the board, it needs to be, you know, a senior management team CEO, you know, the products officers for the banks, they need to be driving that too. But if you don't have a board that is understanding and also looking to get those types of senior management team leaders in place, then, you know, the bank itself is probably going to struggle long term. You know, you start looking five years, 10 years down the road, you know, what other technologies are out there that are going to help those banks succeed? You know, if, if you're not if you're not growing, you're dying kind of scenario throughout a lot of community banks. And so, you know, we're we're trying to find a way to make sure that we've got the right people on the board who are helping our community banks grow and succeed and take market share away from fintechs or away from bin ba- big banks as they you know move forward in their in their strategy so the idea of not having strategic or thoughtful leaders on the board that have at least some idea of technology like everybody doesn't need to be you know a, a technological savant in order to keep moving the bank forward but we do need to have somebody that has at least a good understanding of the technology pieces that are out there that help our community banks succeed.
1: That's a great position for this. And I'd asked you for the regulator's position. You know, what does an auditor do in this scenario? Just on tech and tech committees, et cetera. And I wanted to read a little blurb from the FFIET, uh, IT exam handbook you sent me. So let me, let me quote a couple of things out of this handbook. The board of directors sets the tone and direction for an institution's use of IT. Board should approve IT strategic plan, info security program, and other IT related policies to carry out their responsibilities. Board members should understand IT activities and risks. The board or a board committee should perform the following, and then it goes through a bunch of things. And and you know one of those is one of the requirements for the board or board committee should be to hold management responsible for identifying measuring and mitigating IT risks. So with that said, I guess I, not being a super tech type of a person, I guess my thought would be, do you think that every board or boards understand those risks? I guess said another way, you know, why is this important that not necessarily that the regs are followed, but that the that the board has enough tech savvy people making up that IT committee?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And that's one of the other major, things that a board really needs to be, you know, the advantage of having a technology person on the board is going to give to a community bank. So, for the most part, the boards that we've gotten to participate in and present to, you know, they they really don't understand technology. And so, you see that it's very evident from, you know, any of the conversations we have when we start presenting, you know, cybersecurity reports or, you know, IT reports specific to you know, the KPIs that we would monitor and measure for the IT department. And so, you know, we run into a big risk in that we see a lot of those banks or the board of directors at those banks probably don't even really understand the financial risk that they have if the bank itself undergoes a problem. And so, you know, we have um, situations where we walk into a board and, you know, there's a, a rancher in there who's been a rancher his entire life You know, he's eighty-five plus years old, still uses a flip phone, and this guy is in charge of and has his own personal assets at risk for the bank's success or failure, and he's using a flip phone because he just he doesn't understand the new technology.
1: And And he's the tech committee. Yeah, he's the tech committee or the head of the tech committee or something.
2: Right. Yeah. And and you know, oftentimes that guy is part of, you know, a board subcommittee who is supposed to be in charge of oversight of the tech. So the information security program, the IT audit, so they're supposed to be going through and providing oversight for that group. And you know, this guy is obviously not well equipped in order to do that. So they're they're putting a ton of trust and faith, and, and essentially minimal oversight into the actual management of the bank in order to do this. So they're they're really relying heavily on IT auditors to do a good job, which of course those auditors are the ones that are hired by the management team. So. You know, so there is a situation here for board of directors to have a significant amount of risk involved in this and the bank and all the shareholders have a problem with this. And so, you know, realistically, we want to see board of directors or at least a person on the board of directors that's really good at holding accountable the information security program. You know, how did we do on our um, disaster recovery test, how are we doing on incident response testing and overseeing the IT audit. So, you know, we're just not seeing that make its way to boards yet. And we feel like it's a big risk to our banks going forward if we don't have somebody that understands the risk that they have in their IT cybersecurity programs if they're not effective.
1: I would argue that the person you need on the board, right? So we we had this interesting conversation I told you about this this CEO group I had attended not long ago, and you know these guys were a, a group from Iowa. And you know, generally speaking, you kind of think of them as salt of the earth. In other words, they they they're pretty down to earth. They understand things, right? And, and the conversation we had was around how do I manage my board, right? And how do I get that eighty five year old guy off? You know, one guy made a joke that what I should do is I should have my board meeting on the third floor and. Declare the elevators out of out of order and see how many make it up the stairs, and if you know maybe that maybe that thins the board down a little bit or something something like that was his conversation. I think that you're the the argument that you're making here is not, you know, you don't necessarily need a person with ten certifications in front of their name in in security audit and risk to be on your board. You, I mean, it could just be somebody. Keep me honest. That has a technology in the background, understands phishing, understands. You know, some of the things that are going on out there um, and certainly would understand the the auditor's report or the third party report. Yeah. Is that right? Or, or you know, do you need a fintech guy or something something like that on the board?
2: No, I think you got it exactly right. It's, we're not looking for a specific cybersecurity expert. We're trying to get somebody that has at least enough technology background to understand and decipher or translate the jargon to the rest of the board. And to know like what it how to adequately assess the risk that that the bank has with their current technology. You know, are they spending too much? Are they spending too little? Are they spending in the right areas? Do they have the appropriate amount of cybersecurity in place for the amount of data or dollars that they have at risk? You know, the the program that a, a ten billion dollar bank needs versus a hundred million dollar bank is completely different. And the board needs to be able to make oversight of our IT spending and our IT information security program to know, are we doing that appropriately? So they don't have to be an expert, but they need to know enough to know when somebody is, you know, not being completely honest, basically, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I would, I always thought the risk was, the biggest risk was, you know, what I'd call maybe Bob the IT guy, right? Which you know, think about this, you're, whether you're in a rural community or you're in, you know, downtown New York, I don't think it matters, right? You hire somebody that you feel is a good technology person inside your bank. And you rely on them from everything from, from <laughs> phishing right. to security to probably some application development to network, right? And, you know, I've been in this space a long time, and I've found a very small handful of technology people that could do all those things. Very small, hand, exactly right. And for me to rely on Bob, the IT guy, and again, you know, your IT person could, you know, that could be Sue, right? I'm not, you know, no, regardless of who it is, you've you've decided that this person is going to be your guru, and expect that that person is going to keep up with all the technology that's that's coming from, you know, millions of different sources, and you know, and hope that's keeping you safe, and you have a lot of faith in that person, but. Could be the you know the be all end all. So to me, you know, it's sort of it's sort of there are systems put in place to avoid you know that sort of a bias on one person, right? In other words, um, there are systems put in place that tell you uh, sitting on the board that we have to pass these tests, and above that, you got to know what the tests are, right? So that I mean, that's how I think about. it. Is that a fair assessment, or I guess my point would be. You know, whether it's a third party or Bob, you you spend a lot of time putting a lot of faith in a couple of people. You know, is that what? What are your thoughts on that? I think you summed it up really well. There
2: is, you know, there there needs to be, you know, some kind of dual control. You know, even for some extent of that secession planning as an alternate path to go down for a conversation. But but you you have. So much in, in that scenario, when you have that one person, you have so much risk in that one person either making a mistake or being malicious intentionally that it is a huge risk to any organization. And, and that's, you know, we would not accept that in any other line of business inside of the bank, any other department. You know, we only had one lender that was allowed to review and approve the loans that went out like that. That would be a problem. And so that it's a similar situation with an IT person. We, we really need, you know, oversight to some extent of that position. But we also want to have diversity of, of thought and opinion on how to do things. You know, I often say when, when we come in and, and, and take over, uh, you know, like an IT guy is leaving or retiring and we get asked to come into a bank and can help fill those shoes. What what we often see is that that guy in, in construction terms is more of a handyman. You know, he can do a little bit of, he can do almost everything a little bit or kind of okay. You know, he can, you know, mm-hmm. he can hang a door, or, you know, he can do some he can do all those kinds of things, but he's, he's not great at any of them. And so, you know, there's a lot of risk there for a, a bank in that kind of scenario. So what we go in there and, and, you know, the bank's like, oh man, we've been doing all these things great. Bob, the IT guy is you know, he's, he's handling all these things. And we get in there and start looking at it and say, well, yeah, you did have a patching policy, but, you know, it, it didn't also include all your switches and your firewalls. Um, and it's missing a, a large number of workstations for for whatever reason. So while he was doing some, it just it wasn't good. And so to have one person who's going to be good in all areas of the IT information security program or the information IT realm for the bank is really really rare for them to be able to do that i mean it's like you said it's probably a handful of people we run across that are technically able to do a really good job with that at, at any kind of scale and even then they're not going to be able to support a 100 user bank or 150 user bank you know they're, they're going to be able to support a 30 user bank
1: right. and so yeah and i would have there's some argument there also that even if they're really good at it today they might not be tomorrow right because this the technology is changing and all that and And I I would say that more often than not, I'm thinking if you're talking to a board of directors, first of all, they generally may or may not want to talk to the tech guy because sometimes they're not the most sociable guy in the world, right? And (laughs) and secondly, if they do, right, they always feel blown away because, you know, most folks that are really in the technology space want to impress you with how much they know. And, you know, for some people that don't have any or not a lot of technology background, that is impressive and scary, right? scary to the point where you might not want to be, you know, asking them the questions that you need to ask them is probably the way I would think about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that would really be our first step in this goal is to get somebody on the board who's not scared of that conversation and and understands enough to know what is getting relayed to them, you know, trying to have a conversation about, you know, artificial intelligence to, you know, an, an 81-year-old rancher, it, that's going to be a tough day. But <laughs> to, to have that conversation with a, a 50-year-old, you know, executive of, a, of another organization that also uses technology in their business, That that's that's going to be a much easier conversation. And that's all we're looking for is, is somebody that's not going to be scared of that conversation and shy away from it and just be like, oh, well, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. So that's, that's what we, we would like to advocate for
1: yeah that's a great great perspective. Cal, that's about most of what I had here. maybe just one other item, and that is we kind of talked about what can a CEO do about this, right? In other words, I think it, you know part of that conversation short the let's walk up three flights of stairs test, right? Are there any other tools you can think of that CEO should use in trying to either you know mature your board or you know make sure your board's got some tech savvy?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I do like the three flights of stairs test. That is a that is an interesting <laughs> choice. I, 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 uh, I like the, the ingenuity that comes along with
1: that one, for sure. Uh, except for the 80-year-old rancher might beat me up the stairs. That's the only problem. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah, he's in good uh, shape. Yeah, he might be in better shape than we are. But. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It,
2: and, and a lot of it depends on, I guess, the politics and the relationship that the CEO and, and really the senior team at the bank has with the board you know, it, there's going to be situations where it's just there's not going to be anything you can do. You know, it's it's been a family business for 50 years. And, you know, the the granddad sits on the board and two of the brothers or three of the brother, you know, there's going to be situations where it just doesn't it does you're not going to be able to do much about it. And that's unfortunate. But what we do see is the boards that understand their risk in this are going to be more interested in having somebody cover that aspect for, them. you know, a good board is going to be diverse in multiple areas to, you know, really to be able to provide the oversight and make sure they're getting a good management team in place. And so a good management team, therefore also wants to have a good board. And so there's, there are some things you can do like as people are planning to retire or, um, get reelected to the board is is do some campaigns for, you know, local community or, you know, I, I guess friends or colleagues really that have or run businesses that have some kind of IT focus in it and, and recruit for that. Let's advocate for adding somebody to the board who can help cover the entire board's risk as part of that. And so there's other things you can have terms or you know, somebody has to be replaced after some turnover in the board. And just like in any organization, a small percentage of turnover is healthy. And so, you know, finding how how best to implement that in your board is definitely going to be difficult to work out the politics that go along with that, but it's doable. And it's something that is worth the time for both the board and the management team to make sure that they get the right group, right? Working group together to go after what it, the bank has for its strategy and what it wants to accomplish. So,
1: yeah. And I would, people, I would argue that no matter whether you're talking about a technology person or you need a CPA or a lawyer or, you know, whatever the skill set is that, that you need on your board. I think a lot of CEOs struggle with just that, Hey, I've got to put a ten year policy in place, right? I need to, sure. every three years I need to reelect and it can't be automatic. Right. And I, I think a lot of CEOs, if they don't, you know, if their family doesn't own the bank, I think they struggle with it because of that, you know, that power of the ownership. But I think there's there's probably an argument for any CEO to make sure that they keep it relatively fresh. It can't be the same people that have been running it forever. Otherwise, you know, you these kind of threats, these these more immediate technology based threats, I think might overwhelm. So, you know, if, if you keep that board around forever, you're going to, you know, they're, they're going to grow old and. And that you know they may not be nearly the tech savvy group that you you may look at or need, you know, within the board, but that's yeah. probably that's probably a bigger overall conversation for the CEO versus the board anyhow, and how to roll them, you know what I mean, how to roll them out, roll them back in, roll in a new set.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and if you're a significant shareholder in that bank, you want to make sure your dollars are used effectively in the bank as well. And You know, so there's a a conversation that can be had through the shareholders as well as like help us find somebody that, you know, can help us fill this role that we feel like we may have a gap in oversight. You know, like we we're getting IT audits, we're getting those kinds of things, but, you know, we still need somebody to help us with this. And I think the shareholders would really appreciate that, knowing that, hey, the management team is out for our best interest. We need to be making sure we're doing our part in this as well.
1: Yeah. right. Well, Cal, thank you. I appreciate you spending some time on bank talk. It's a good perspective. Like I said, I'm, I always think that concept around, you know, continuing to have conversations around the board of directors and their relationship with the CEO is it's really important. And in, in this scenario around the tech side, like you said, I just, I, there's some risks that are sitting there. I don't think are quite as obvious as they should be, sure. you know, other, other than the fact that you hear them, right? You hear about them. You know, this, this concept of a gap is pretty important in my opinion.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, and and this is you know I appreciate the conversation for sure. It, it is definitely a departure from our normal services of, of doing IT staffing and you know security around banks, but it, it is something that we see as as being you know critical for the success of community banking throughout the nation as we move forward.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate your time, Cal. All right. Thanks, Charlie. Well, okay, that's it for Bank Talk. So thanks again for joining us on Bank Talk. Have a good day and keep on learning.
0: Thank you for listening to the Bank Talk podcast brought to you by Remedy Consulting. To reach out to Cal, you can go to the Caltech website at caltech.com or to the Integris website, which will both be noted in the podcast show notes. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and share our work with others. Thanks again, and we will see you in the next episode.